This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Welcome into the Online Enquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner, Derek Piper, right outside T-Mobile Arena. Beautiful day here in Las Vegas. Kind of a fall day, uh, which is nice compared to what you guys are having back in Illinois. But we're talking about an Illinois loss, 70-61 to to Virginia. Illinois had a lead with three and a half minutes left, but only scored one more field goal uh, in the next five minutes, basically, the rest of the game. So they fall, Derek. Weren't able to close out a victory against a veteran, tough, uh, a team that really guards uh, in the Cavaliers. Uh, What's your big takeaway from a loss where Illinois showed again it can compete against some of the best teams in the country, but Virginia obviously did some things to bother them. Yeah, you looked down the stretch there, and Virginia did a great job on Terrence Shannon throughout the entire game, but that was a theme for where Shannon was frustrated and and trying to really force the issue. And with Virginia's pack line defense, they not only have good on-ball defenders, but then they have the the guys in the gaps, and and Shannon was loose with the ball, six turnovers tonight, or today, I should say. And that just got tough for Illinois, trying to figure out where to go down the stretch, where Shannon was out of rhythm, and then – Meyer wasn't really in the game later, wasn't a factor late. Jaden Epps had a really nice game, and he's one of the bright spots this game and the weekend, but took some tough ones. And Illinois just dried up offensively. Still, you, you feel like and it makes sense for a, a team that's still figuring it out is, you know, who are we in the late stretches of those moments? What are we dialing up? Uh, cohesion, obviously, it's a, it's a similar theme and storyline. But Virginia, super disciplined, tough, physical team, great defense, veteran guard play, and Ultimately, in a game that was largely back and forth and offensively challenged, kind of for the most part, they just kind of outlasted you. Yeah, Virginia, we know Tony Bennett, uh, coming from his dad, Dick Bennett, ran similar defense, this pack line defense. They just made uh, Terrence Shannon uncomfortable all the day. Uh, And we saw Derek like, this guy's really good. He's going to be really good. But he hasn't done this a lot, and teams are going to scout him now. Great teams are going to scout him now. He's not going to make his shots every game. But just the the looseness with the ball, six turnovers today. I thought he tried to force some things late. Jaden Epps probably tried to force some things late, uh, trying to make that hero play. Illinois could just never make a run. Uh, We're going to look back at it at some point. It just never felt like there was more than six straight points uh, from Illinois at any point in this game. That's a credit to Virginia. But also, I think you said it, Derek, a team that's still figuring itself out especially in the half court. Virginia would not let them run today. Three fast break points all day for Illinois. Virginia won the style. They, they played, This is the style of play they wanted. And they got to the free throw line at 25 free throws. 
I don't want to make this an officiating thing like yesterday, uh, but Illinois did foul, right? Like uh, they, they fouled Virginia, and Virginia was able to get to the free throw line. Illinois wasn't, and at the end of the day, I thought Illinois defended well, except for the fouling. Yeah, and Virginia, credit to them, getting the ball close to the basket, both on offensive rebounds and then just drives. And the way Illinois was switching or just trying to have some, some help, there would just be another guy, or they just put so much pressure there on the rim. and. But when you're getting that many opportunities that close to the basket, you're going to draw contact and you're going to get to the free throw line. So uh, Virginia was able to produce consistent offense by getting to the free throw line. Illinois only shooting nine free throws didn't have that for them. I mean, Shannon shooting two, you're not going to see that very many nights. Uh, it is a credit for Virginia to be able to keep him away from the basket. So, yeah, Virginia's just they're a good team. I, I know that you look on paper and in terms of the, the four teams in town today, they got the – they don't have the, the marquee on the mock draft type of talent. I know Reese Beekman, who was a, a big standout for them, is, is one that, like in the athletic, he's a late second-round pick as of now. But uh, Kia Clark was another one that Illinois really had trouble slowing down early. And, and that's the thing for Illinois is just trying to, trying to get a feel for who you are down the stretch and just in general and, and have some guys iron out some of the, the early, early, you know, the process of, figuring things out so uh, I think with freshmen that's to be expected with Dane that kind of was an interesting dynamic today with the way Virginia collapses inside and, and I think they Illinois wanted to be able to spread them out as much as they possibly can obviously when you have Dane in there that takes away some spacing but then again Dane was good on the glass number one and, and can give you some close range shot attempts too so uh, and yeah I mean the great point about as far as the fast break points it was Virginia owning the style, then also I, I didn't think Illinois could turn the ball over and win. Now, in the first half, they only had three, I think, but ten in the second half, and that was a pretty big difference maker. Yeah, um, the interesting thing about the Dane Danger didn't play much in the first half because, as Brad said, they had a good flow. I think Brad really liked stretching out. Shendrick got into foul trouble. The other big man wasn't very mobile. Uh, so they are finding some things offensively through that. I think R.J. Melendez had a really good first half. Um, you know, Meyer got a few buckets, but Jaden Epps really got going because all the attention they were giving Shannon seemed to give Epps uh, some room to operate. That is a huge positive from this, Derek, is Jaden Epps has not looked scared. Like He looks like a top 50 guard. He looks like a guy that's going to lead Illinois in scoring at some point in his career, whether it's sophomore year or junior year. He just gets buckets, whether it's driving to the lane, he's put guys on a, on a rope or a string there with some of his handling. He's really taking care of the ball uh, as, as a freshman, and then we know he can score. Just made some decisions late that probably weren't that great, didn't finish some of those shots, maybe want some decisions back. but. This kid's a baller, uh, and 14 points tonight. Feels like, I don't know what he's averaging, but it's over double digits on the season so far. He has asserted himself as a secondary scorer, and to have him off the bench, to have Dane Danger off the bench, that's one thing you've got to love through five games, Derek, is this team has depth that when Terrence Shannon isn't great or Matthew Meyer isn't great or Coleman Hawkins has a bad first half, you have other dudes who can go score, whether it's Sky Clark, Dane Danger, Jaden Epps, and all of them. Yeah, for Jaden to be establishing that already so early in the season is really encouraging. We knew that his ability to score was the biggest asset for him coming out of high school, but the fact that he was able to get into the soft spots of the defense for Virginia, like you said, they were putting the attention on Terrence Shannon. So when Jaden was able to beat his guy, really it was an open lane to the basket and hit a nice floater, got to the rim for some finishes too. And late, yeah, maybe forced a few things, but then again, they needed him to be aggressive and, and try to go make a play. But uh, two steals. I thought he's a guy that with his quickness, his strength for a freshman can play some pretty good defense. And there's just some some learning moments for him still, but 
the fact that he's been this productive, the fact that he's already had three podium games so far, I think that speaks a lot to the to what Brad is seeing out of him. Does that lead the team? Does he lead the team in podium games? I think it's over Shannon, right? Shannon might be tied. Shannon might be up there. With, yeah, tie, I think. But definitely for, for a freshman off the bench to, to be getting that, it shows that, that Brad's got a lot of trust in him, faith in him, and that's been a certainly a bright spot. I think to this point, he's just looked more – Look more comfortable than Sky has, yeah. and, and I, we can talk about Sky yeah. still trying to be assertive offensively. Because one thing I noticed a few times when he would go in for those rebounds, if he just turned around, he might actually have a putback, or he might have like a mid-range jumper that's there. I, I love his, I love the fact that he is going for those rebounds defensively, uh, or even there were a couple offensive rebounds for him tonight. He does hit the open three as far as a spot up pretty well, and it's trying to play within the offense, but he just. Maybe doesn't look quite as comfortable. I think with Sky, he's got what a lot of freshmen don't have, and that he's got poise, he's got composure, and he wants to do the right thing for the team. He's not forcing things, right? But at some point, you know how talented he is. He can get to the free throw line. He can hit threes. We know he's strong around the bucket. He's not really looking for a shot when he penetrates, right? At some point, Brad Underwood continues to say, we need him to assert himself. That's a good problem to have for most freshmen, but at some point, I think it'll click for him, Derek, but that's his next step, to have another guard. If you can have him and Jaden on top of Terrence Shannon being as good as he is, Matthew Meyer and Coleman Hawkins can stretch defenses out. R.J. Melendez hits a couple threes, didn't put it all together, but had a good first half. Like, And then Dane Danger on the interior. That's just so many answers to everything. That That's what's exciting about this team is they still, like, they feel like they're a little ahead after beating UCLA of where we thought they could be. They still got some gelling to do. They still got some roles to figure out. I think R.J. Melendez and Ty Rogers are kind of trying to figure out their roles along with Matthew Meyer. But Sky Clark, it might be, hey, we need you to go be former five-star recruit Sky Clark at times. But the fact that he is poised and, and has composure, um, some guys might not have that as a freshman. Right, and not every team's going to have the defensive chops as Virginia does. But the, it is going to be a game plan or just a, a theme going forward of, okay, we're going to really commit those help defenders to Shannon and try to clog up those lanes for him because you know how big of an asset is when he's able to get to the rim, finish, get to the free throw line. If you can possibly take that away, that's a, a big advantage. So on that note, as that gravity goes into the paint, you're going to have, you know, Sky get some open looks. You're going to have some other guys be able to, to be freed up. And Sky, if he's your fourth, fifth option, offensively as a scorer in that starting lineup, of course, and then depending on whatever you're throwing out there, if he can be more aggressive and put him in some ball screens and be able to, to get to a mid-range and a floater or, or go to the rim, like you said, he's strong enough to make those plays, that could be a real a, a real thing. But, I mean, he, he's in a tough spot to be a true freshman starting at point guard. I mean, that's, that's a tough thing to, to have to go through and deal with. And I, I know that he's a little bit more ahead of Jaden in terms of the – like the facilitating part of the game, but still want him to just find another level of, of comfort. And again, you circle back to the fact that he hasn't played a ton of, but hasn't played a ton of basketball games here over the last year and a half. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
Hello everyone, it's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meets. I think a guy that is kind of gives you a lot of uh, hope uh, and, and has been positive in many ways, but then he's been negative. Coleman Hawkins was just a second-half player in Vegas. In the second half, he looked like a top 45 draft pick, right? In the first half, he didn't look like an all-Big Ten player, though, in those games. Zero points, one rebound in the first half. Missed all five shots. I, my, all five shots he took, including a couple threes. I like that Coleman took threes with confidence today, and that eventually paid off. Kudos to him. Big second half. Ten points, three blocks. Ended up with three assists on the game. He's such a good facilitator, Derek. Um, but, man, if they could get him consistency throughout a game I'm not as worried about it offensively uh, because he's gonna miss some shots and you know it was 0 for 3 in the first half and 3 2 for 2 in the second half but if they could get a full game out of it from Coleman Hawkins uh, at times he looked like the best player on the court in the second half he did I, I love the activity defensively with the blocks of being able to come over and help and and get that done you, you mentioned the passing which he does need to still clean up sometimes he puts it on the floor and, and maybe tries to do a little too much and is just loose with it him and rj melendez are a little loose with that handle right yeah rj needs to tighten that thing up for sure uh coleman to make some threes first threes he's hit since the opener was good to see but yeah it's been really i think the last and you mentioned it's not all about scoring it's not but the last four first halves i think he has two points combined so he he needs to be able to be more of a, a steadying influence for this team early on in games and, and across the, the full spectrum of a game. But I have to say Coleman played bad tonight it's, or today. It's just that you kind of need a little bit more out of him because he was so good in the second half. So, Derek, what do you think they learned from today, especially offensively? Because defensively, I thought Illinois was really good besides the fouling part. Besides giving up free throws, their free throw defense was bad tonight. But I thought they were really good defensively. Virginia is probably going to be one of the best defensive teams they play all season, but we know the Big Ten, there are a lot of teams that like to bog things down, including Wisconsin. Well, I don't know if they're as talented as Virginia, but you're going to see, that's what's great about this game, is you saw a UCLA team that maybe Iowa plays like, right? Then you see Virginia, who Wisconsin plays like. Um, what do you think they learned from playing a, a, an attack like Virginia, that pack line defense, and when they really struggle to get the ball inside to Dane Danger and Terrence Shanning struggles to get to the rim? Yeah, I think it does. One thing is going to emphasize the importance of defensive rebounding because to be able to run, to be able to get out on the fast break against a team that doesn't want you to, you got to be able to hit the glass and, and really get that thing going because otherwise it, when Virginia can – get second chance opportunities, get to the free throw line. They can just stagnate the game and slow it down. So I think that Illinois will will see the emphasis of, hey, we got to hit the, the defensive glass a little bit better. Uh, offensively, you're still going to play through Terrence Shannon. You're, you're still going to try to get him as much opportunities as possible. It's just understanding, okay, when help comes from these different directions, when guys cheat from this side, there was a lot of times where backside help would be rotating. And Virginia was great in their defensive rotations, and that's – that's a, been a strong point of what they do for a long time under Tony Bennett. 
it's just understanding, okay, you see it on film, this corner is going to be open. You got to make that skip pass. We got to hit that three or you know, just those type of things. And I, I would have liked to see Dane get the ball more. I, I thought that with this matchup, it was a little bit more unique than what we've seen, or just unique from what we had seen the first four games in that they, Virginia had size at the five, but I, I thought this might have been one where you hit Dane on some short rolls, hit him on the free throw line area, and then let him go to the rim and finish and, and make some of those plays off the dribble. He does get in trouble sometimes when he over dribbles, he overspins, but I, I would have liked to see a little bit more of working him in when some things offensively were starting to to bog down. Yeah, he played seven minutes in the first half, and I kind of looked at you and said, does Brad not see like something that he doesn't like, the matchup? Uh, but then Dane made a huge part uh, in the second half. Uh, five defensive rebounds for Illinois. He had a, almost a quarter of their defensive rebounds when they were giving up some second-chance points there. And he wasn't as efficient tonight because of the size that, that Virginia threw out at him, two of five from the field, but he still had five points uh, in, the, in the half court, right? And he got some... Got a second chance opportunity, I believe, and scored. Like, yeah, I was kind of surprised that they didn't go to him more because he's one of their best offensive players, Derek. Like, through five games, uh, Dane Danger and Terrence Shannon couldn't ask for much more despite Shannon's game tonight. But I thought that was an interesting play by Brad Underwood. It was, and to circle back, I think it was part of the, the floor spacing angle. Also understand that you guard things a little bit differently with Dane and that you – you're putting him in drop coverage, and with the way that Kia Clark was going off and, and Reese Beekman, you, the fact that Shannon or Hawkins at the five can then put the pressure there on the perimeter a little bit more defensively. But yeah, I think that it showed Danger's impact. You needed that rebounding effort that he was able to provide there to get five points. He he had a close range attempt late in that game that he just kind of sh short armed and hit front rim, and uh, that would have been a big basket late. But yeah, the. They're going to continue to, to try to get him the ball, and now it is kind of maybe a little bit different of, okay, what if he's facing legit seven-foot size or whatnot, and, and how does that change or does it change anything? I asked Brett Underwood after you wanted to come to this tournament to really test yourselves. They test themselves. There are four high-level teams here, and this was a phenomenal event. Um, great job by the people here in Vegas, but great job putting together a great field of teams, four really good teams that all have a chance to go deep in the NCAA tournament, Derek, and I think we can say that about Illinois because th this team this weekend, Brad said, we found out we're pretty good. We're, we could be really, really good, and we see that. I mean, this is a team with really the least returning. You know, they did add transfers, but this is the team that should be gelled the least out of all of these teams that are here, yet they beat UCLA, who's got two great veterans along with a really good freshman class. You know, Virginia's very, very talented, but you know, Baylor team's adding a couple pieces, but still, that's a lot of veterans that have returned from a lot of NCAA tournament experience. Illinois's got a few of those guys in Terrence Shannon and Matthew Meyer, but they haven't all played together. I don't know if we're saying they're ahead of schedule, Derek, but they certainly had the talent uh, to overcome maybe some of those issues, whether it's turnovers in the first game or tonight Terrence Shannon being off. This is one of the best teams in the Big Ten for sure, uh, and it's a team that could be really scary in February and March when all these guys kind of have it figured out what their roles are and they gain more confidence. Yeah, there's no doubt. And I, I think that it is fair to say when you come here one and one, I mean, could have been better. But the fact is, like, to beat a top 10 UCLA team and to be leading Virginia with three and a half to go, you didn't close it, not to do the whole moral victory thing. But uh, I think that they have given indications of maybe a little bit 
ahead of where you thought they would be or, or what a team that's trying to gel and just have so much to put together that's new uh, is going through. So uh, defensively, they look look really good. They have a chance to be outstanding defensively with how they can be disruptive, with how they can dial up the pressure in the, in the full court, uh, just use token and get back and, and switch. They're still going to have to figure out some moments where they don't want to switch or certain matchups they don't want to try to stay away from or just what needs to happen when there is uh, a point guard on a big man and how do you how do you get yourself out of that situation. But the length, the athleticism, all the things we talked about throughout the offseason were very much on play uh, throughout this weekend, which was impressive to see. I mean, to, to make Tiger Campbell as uncomfortable as he was, it's a pretty big deal. And offensively, it's it's not super surprising that it still has to, to come around and that turnovers are an issue. Uh, Terrence even when you factor in today's game, has been everything you could have wanted. And, um, yeah, with, with Matthew Meyer still trying to get in, into a rhythm everything, this team and all these teams, it, it, it sounds like, a, I've said it before, we have throughout the weekend, it felt like an NCAA tournament, like regional, like regional final today, chance to go to the Final Four, obviously Illinois lost, but uh, they'll be a lot better down the road and a chance to, to really use this as a, as a teaching experience and, and to – be in a similar situation, lots to play for down the line in March too. Yeah, Brett Underwood even mentioned like the quick turnaround, the timing of this playing a late game on a Friday night and an early game on Sunday, very much like an NCAA tournament. So a lot of these guys haven't experienced that outside of Terrence Shannon and, and uh, was it Matthew Meyer. Like, like a lot of those guys haven't experienced a lot of that. Coleman a little bit, RJ a little bit, but even those guys playing different roles. I think we're seeing some growing pains of those guys figuring out what their roles are now that Kofi Coburn and Trent Frazier and Demonte Williams aren't here. So uh, a lot of fans, man, you guys showed up. Like this was a phenomenal event. You guys made it ridiculous. I heard some of the, the national guys talking and they're saying Illinois travels as well as anybody. Maybe Kentucky is number one. And they're saying Arizona travels really well, but they're saying Illinois, you're right there. So you impressed a lot of people today. And I know the, the, the coaches and the players were really appreciative. I just saw R.J. Melendez tweet out about it. Um, and I was impressed as hell, Derek. We met so many people coming up to us and, and talking to us about Illinois and, and what we do at the site. It was, it was just an awesome event. And Illinois fans, man, they show they are one of the best in the country. Oh, absolutely. And they are. That's crazy or not. I mean. <laughs> That's part of it, though, right? The hashing it. It's a good kind of crazy, yes. I think. And uh, the roar, the roars in there for that, of that crowd were just ridiculous. And then to see them out on the strip and, and so many guys, people going by this morning when Brett and I were doing the pregame show, and then when we just got a bite to eat out here, just the, the establishments near the arena are just filled with Illini fans. And so much passion, so much hunger for a, a really good program. They have one now. And really all it's missing is the deep run of the NCAA tournament that this team is capable of. And, and part of learning that, I know we've, we've hit on it, is just the fearlessness of these freshmen. Yep. Uh, for them to be able to come out here and to face this kind of competition, to be away from Champaign, where sometimes, you know, you get that, that, that split, the very predictable split of freshmen play better in your home arena, and then you go on the road, maybe not as, as good. What Epps gave you tonight, Sincere Harrison flashes. Sky had some good moments here. Ty Rogers is the one that – Still needs to, to get some things figured out, but that was one thing that I definitely learned. And, and there was there's some differences between some other teams that are freshman reliant or just need those kind of performances from theirs. That uh, there have been some growing pains versus what Illinois got, which is some pretty good contributions. Yeah, I don't know what he's doing in this game right now, but like Amari Bailey, it seemed like that moment was big for him. Um, I think Jaden Epps showed, and Sky at points like Sky. 
he rebounds like he reminds me flashes of Andres Feliz, the way he attacks the glass and plays a role in that. And they need that without a Kofi Coburn on the court. So those things are good to see. And man, Sincere Harris only played nine minutes again today. But when he got in the game, Derek, he is just, he's different, man. Uh, he's definitely got that dog in him. And it's just infectious. Like offensively, he's got some challenges there, though he's been better from three early on. Today he got uh, he had three points on the game, but he was a plus seven. Like when he comes on the court, it just seems like the energy almost always is positive for Illinois so far this year. So for him to be even playing a better role than we thought, like he's kind of playing the role we thought maybe Ty Rogers would play early on this season. So again, that depth is one of the biggest pluses so far this season. It is. He's such a gritty competitor. He's not scared, and I mean he's you're seeing why. I know that it was kind of a bold statement to tell Brad Underwood this offseason, I'm going to make you forget about Trent Frazier, which of course isn't true. That won't happen. But he's going to be a really good defender. And as his offensive game progresses, he's got a chance to be just a really good overall player. I think his three-point stroke is is decent. Yeah. At the this one tonight that didn't go in, was per like it looked perfect coming out of his hand. Yeah, it was right on. Uh, it's the finishing around the rim yeah. that is, is a big thing that he's got to improve on and get more comfortable with and execute. But I've been very – pleased with him. Ty, I think that the energy's there, the rebounding and physicality's there, almost too physical sometimes with the fouls. Would like to see him look for his shot a little bit more. Not, I'm not saying that he needs to shoot jump shots because that's not who he is, but even when he goes in there for boards, look to maybe get back up, get a shot on the rim, shot fake, go into somebody. He's going to have to step up and make free throws too, but uh, I would like to see him be a little bit more of a factor. Scoring West, I, th I think he's capable of that in small doses. All right, we're going to wrap up here, but let's get to a few of your comments. Ethan says, at points seem to lack urgency to take advantage of some possible runs. I never, This team I have not worried about. Effort, energy, I didn't think urgency was an issue. I thought they pressed too much late. I, I thought Terrence Shannon made a bad decision. I thought Jaden Epps. Um, I don't mind him taking some shots, but some of those, Brad Underwood wanted the jump stop on one where he's kind of out of control at the rim. There's some decisions I think you want back, but... I don't think it was a matter of urgency or desire, Derek. I, that's what's great about this team with how talented they are. They do seem to play so damn hard, which is – and they're tough. Like, Mick Cronin was questioning his team's toughness. Brad Underwood was not doing that after this weekend. Right. No, I agree with you as far as the urgency goes. I think there were maybe some stretches where could have used maybe a more all-out effort on the defensive glass to make sure. There, there, was, there were a, a few times where Virginia was just getting two, three looks – at a shot on, on a possession because they were able to attack the glass with maybe a little bit more of an intensity than Illinois. But outside of that, I didn't I didn't think it was urgency that was an issue. There was just some sloppiness offensively and, and just a, a lack of execution in some moments. Um, Steve said, uh, Sky Clark needs to step up and lead this team. I hope he does. Yeah, we talked a lot about that. I think Brad Underwood's really pushing for that assertiveness. Sky's trying to play his role, uh, but that role at some point can be a primary scorer uh, at some point. Uh, T. Scott, why the lack of post actions in the half court? You would think Meyer can have a mismatch down there. Brad said he waited too long to put Matthew Meyer back in the game because I do think Meyer was 2 of 7 today, right? 0 of 2 from 3. I thought he took good shots here. Like, there are a couple that, that were a little rushed. Shannon had some of those as well. I thought he looked more comfortable out here, especially offensively, Derek. I agree. I think that he looked pretty decent today. Um, effort on the glass, I think, was one thing that's – been encouraging the last two games for him and yeah I think that just the way that he was moving is a little bit 
a little bit better, more of an improvement from the first week, first week and a half for him. I think as far as the post game goes, I know that throughout the offseason, Brad talked about trying to get Meyer in some some post ISOs, maybe even put him, you know, in the spread and, and try to like second cut post that. We haven't seen the spread offense, by the way. I don't know if we will, but I don't know. That's also not really a a strength of his game. I, I don't think that posting guys up has been something that he's really done a whole lot of, but still still working through it, but some signs of encouragement and progress for sure, especially the UCLA game. All right, if we want to go urgency, I would have said urgency to get Dane Danger the ball at some points in that second half when they needed a bucket in the worst way. Uh, is uh, Matt Meyer's shoulder okay, Jake asked? We don't know. He seemed fine. I, I thought there was a great case for a hook and hold there. Uh, it certainly looked like a hook and hold, and that could have changed the game. I saw somebody else, Derek, ask about officiating. There were a couple calls. I mean, that's going to happen every game. I thought Sky Clark might have gotten away with an offensive foul that went Illinois' way. And the referees did catch up. Illinois got in the uh, bonus very late in that game. Virginia got early in the second half. But Illinois caught up pretty quickly there. They just weren't able to get to the free throw line. Virginia was. And I do think Illinois was fouling more than Virginia. Yeah, from our, from our vantage point, I think as far as the free throws that Virginia got, it was just – like I said, they were putting pressure on the rim. They were getting second chance opportunities, and I didn't feel like it was necessarily a bad whistle. Now, of course, there's going to be a, a handful of calls one way or the other that were, were touchy or, or, or were the wrong way to go about it. But um, the Meyer looked like, I know that with Fran Fischilla and, and crew sitting right in front of us, we got a, a, a close look at some of the replays. It, it definitely looked like Vanderplas had his had his arm and, and, and yanked his shoulder. So uh, that should have been a hook and hold for sure. But I, I didn't think it was like, Illinois got jobbed or anything. Um, We're not going to go Brett Bielma. No, no. I don't want to spend too much time talking <laughs> refs, right? I mean, it's a good. It was a good basketball game, and yeah. things dried up offensively late, and you can learn from it. Uh, let's see one more. Jake said they seem slightly lost in the half court. Do you anticipate more sets, or still try to set more freely and hope it comes with time, Derek? I'll let you answer that for the most part, but I think the lack of transition game really hurt because that is where Illinois is so dangerous. And let's be honest, that's where Terrence Shannon is ridiculously dangerous. He only had how many free throw attempts today? Uh, two. Yeah. He drew six fouls, but only two free throw attempts. He was three of nine from the free throw line uh, this weekend, which is kind of odd for an 80% shooter. But uh, to answer Jake's question, do you think more sets, or is it still just this free-flowing offense? I think that as you learn what, the, what it's going to look like as far as how d defenses react to certain looks, how they're going to play Terrence coming off a ball screen, you're going to maybe – have some actions or just some counters to to what those teams are going to do. For the most part, Brad wants to keep it free flowing, and, and outside of when Danger's in there, which you're going to dial up some some high low action and, and try to get some post ups for the big man. But I think there will be at times that, and Brad even said it. He admitted it, like I I made some mistakes today. I'm still learning how to use use these guys and, and push the right buttons. I think that as the season goes on, you'll see more of that. And there will be games where Brad won't like the shots, or he or he won't like the the composure, maybe the sloppiness, and he will start to to call some more set plays. But for the most part, I think they do want to just kind of play in their five-out motion. Uh, and I think this team, as as time goes on, will just have more of a feel of, of how to play off of each other, and that, that will just come natural as the season goes on. Yeah, like I've seen some people, you know, did Virginia out-coach Illinois today? Listen, Tony Bennett has had these guys in his program for four or five years, most of them, outside of Vanderplas, who I'm a big fan of. So he knows – what to go to, how to motivate them. Like, Brad Underwood's still feeling that out. He's obviously, I think this was a good weekend for Illinois basketball for the most part. 
But yeah, he said, like, I'm still learning what I can do, what I can call, what actions I need to do, how I need to rotate my guys. You know, first half last game, he didn't play Sincere Harris. And then he plays him in the second half, looks like a genius after that because Sincere Harris changed the game. So that's part of this, too, is it's not only the players gelling, but Brad Underwood gelling and his coaching staff figuring out what can we do, what can't we do. We saw that with Ryan Walters with football. We've seen that with Barry Lonnie with football, right? Like, it takes time to figure out your personnel and how to put them in the best positions to succeed. Yeah, that's going to come. And I think, I mean, Virginia bringing back all five starters. You get a guy in Vanderplas who's an older guy out of Ohio, talented. And Virginia has has their style. Uh, I thought that the way that Kia Clark was able to break down the defense really put Illinois in a tough spot, and that opened some more things up for Virginia in the half court than it did Illinois. And but yeah, it's just as far as learning the personnel, the players understanding what's going to be open in certain spots and how to look for each other. I think that one thing I, I take away, and especially if it's not going to be more set based, is there needs to be more off-ball cutting. Like when you space it all the way out, five out, and you leave an open lane. There was one early in the game where Meyer cut off the cut from the corner down the baseline. Shannon found him. There's not been enough of that, and I think that's just kind of read and react, and, and teammates getting on the same page, but also emphasizing, hey, we got to be able to to have those where you're getting darts to the rim, and and usually when Coleman's playing the five, it's an open lane. Yeah, what I was gonna say, like. You have Terrence Shannon, who's a far better passer than advertised. Six assists was a career high uh, tonight. Coleman Hawkins is a great passer for the most part. Like those other guys, Matthew Meyer, RJ Melendez, with the athletes those guys are. You know, Ty Rogers, I think, offensively can get some buckets that way. And somebody asked, what does Ty Rogers need to do to get minutes? It's the thing Sincere Harris is doing, which is guarding really well without fouling, giving energy. And I think Ty's giving energy, and he's one of their best rebounders for sure. Uh, it's just he's fouling a lot. Uh, and he's not adding much offensively at this point. So it's an exciting team, though, Derek. I think this team, I agree with Brad Underwood, I think this team's going to be really good, really exciting. But we will probably see some ups and downs. They got Lindenwood in Syracuse, who's not very good, but another great defensive test for them given their zone. And then you get Texas, who right now is number one in the Ken Palm, might be number one or two in the country when the AP poll comes out this week. And I would imagine Illinois climbs up a couple spots, potentially in the top 15. Yeah, deserving of it. Uh, they're not going to be probably a, a huge shift for it. I think, I don't know, I think Seth Davis got asked on his walk into the press conference whether he's going to put Illinois and Virginia both in the top 10. I think he said somewhere in the 15 range for Illinois, and, and Virginia obviously will be a top 10 team. But uh, the Lindenwood game will just be a, a tune-up and, and one that you're going to try to stay awake for 8 o'clock on a day after Thanksgiving. But uh, Syracuse has not looked good. You mentioned the zone, and, and I'm sure they will try to, to collapse. I mean, they usually have the, the length and, and try to take, a little, take away the lane. They will give up the three-point three shot. Uh, they'll try to take it away from Shannon. But that Texas game, and boy, what a value of playing UCLA and Virginia already to, to really get tested and to see where you stack up a week or so from now. And also you're going to mix in a, a game at Maryland there. It's a week from Friday. So big tests awaiting yet again. And, and there's just going to be a lot to gain. When you go back to Champaign, get on the practice court and, and, and be able to work off of what they showed this, this weekend. It's a really fun team, and, and Friday night's comeback was, was pretty awesome. 
Big quad one victory early in the season. They're going to have many opportunities for those coming up. For Derek Piper, thank you guys uh, for, for coming up to us saying hi if you were in Vegas. Thank you guys for, for watching us. Shout out to Joey Wagner for covering Illinois football for us uh, while we were enjoying Vegas here a little bit and getting to see a high-level high college basketball event as well as a stadium swim experience. That was pretty dang fun. So uh, thank you guys for all the support for allowing us to go out on trips like this. We couldn't do it without your guys' support. So give us a follow wherever you get your podcasts, a rating review as well. Give us a like here on the videos uh, whenever you can on the YouTube channel. Subscribe to us here so you can get all the videos, all the alerts uh, when we do new videos as well. We're going to try and do this for every post game. Uh, and as well, check out the website. We've got plenty more content coming from Las Vegas and a lot more for football heading into our rivalry week and a huge opportunity in recruiting as well uh, for Illinois football over the next couple weeks. So for Derek Piper, I'm Jeremy Warner saying bye from Las Vegas. Everybody take care of each other. Have a great day. We'll talk to you next time on the Illinois Enquirer podcast. Bye, everybody. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.